The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hand on her, he immediate, she immediately stood up straight and began to praise the Lord. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham or Satan, bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. On that day, all she did was come to the synagogue where Jesus was teaching on the Sabbath. She went to church. Her intentions for showing up are unknown to us, but it doesn't appear that she came for any other reason than to worship. She came by herself. She was alone. No one interrupted Jesus to ask him to turn his attention toward her, to help her, or to cure her. No one spoke up on her behalf. She herself did nothing to draw any attention to herself. She did not ask for anything. She did not cry out. She didn't even speak. In fact, as far as the scriptures are concerned, she did nothing. Nothing at all to get Jesus to notice her. But notice her, he did. A woman bent over for 18 years from some unnamed ailment who came to church. Luke put it very simply, Jesus saw her. Right then and there, in the middle of his teaching, in the synagogue, on the Sabbath, the Lord saw her and took notice. Now, the Bible doesn't say what Jesus was teaching about. Maybe he was teaching about a psalm like the one you heard read just a moment ago. Maybe he was teaching about a passage from the book of Isaiah, like the one assigned for today, where it says, refrain from trampling on the Sabbath. 
Or maybe he was teaching about the characteristics of the kingdom of God, as is suggested in the verse immediately following this gospel reading where it says, Jesus said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And then he went on to paint a picture of a kingdom that is full of possibility. But in the end, it doesn't really matter what the topic of his teaching was, because whatever it was, we know this to be true. When Jesus, who is the word of God, when he speaks, things happen. People change, and lives are transformed. It's like this. In the beginning, the word spoke. Let there be light. And just like that, there was. Let the waters be gathered in one place, and they were. Let us make human beings in our own image. Well, here we are. The word of God is an active word, a living word, an effective word. Isaiah says it's a word that accomplishes its purpose. So whatever it was that Jesus was teaching about, one can be certain that it was going to change people's lives. And that it did. Jesus called to that one that he saw, and he said to her, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. And then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she stood straight up and began praising God. I suppose that is what one does when one is, as C.S. Lewis says, surprised by joy. To stand up and praise God when unexpected, unmerited, unsolicited mercy pours down from heaven, washing you clean through and through. There's nothing else to do but raise your voice in song. Imagine the congregation in the synagogue that day. Imagine with me their stunned reaction as they witness the power of God unleashed right before their very eyes. I'm telling you, you can almost feel that same energy still today as they began, I am sure, to raise up their own voices to join hers, praising God and giving thanks. I wonder... How many in attendance that day came with their own burdens, their own needs, their own trials? Aside from celebrating the miracle, did they begin to scramble from their places and to start to form a line right down the center aisle in hopes of Jesus speaking his word to them? Whatever they did, however they responded, we know this. The leader of the synagogue lost his mind, and he took control of the situation. 
He used his voice and his authority in an attempt to shut things down. He directed his remarks notably not to Jesus, but rather to his congregation, his people, saying, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. In other words, don't the rest of you get any ideas? Don't even think about it. There's an agenda, and there's a schedule, and being set free is not on it. Not today. You'll have to wait. There's no more healing today. Apparently, the leader had to repeat himself many times over in order to quiet down this now very enthusiastic crowd. The Bible says he kept saying, be patient. Just a little longer. You can come back another day. Come back another day. In his book, why We Can't Wait, Martin Luther King Jr. penned a response to criticism he received for his activities in Birmingham. To the eight white clergymen who had urged King to take a more restrained approach and to be more patient, he expressed his deep disappointment with those who, as he wrote, believe they can set a timetable for another man's freedom. Not on the Sabbath. Not today. And just like that, a worship event turned into a healing event, and then that turned into a controversy. Jesus responded to the leader, and he said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, bound for 18 long years, ought not she be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? In other words, is your animal more worthy of care than another human being? In other words, the Sabbath is meant to free you, not to bind you. So if not now, then when? In other words, we can't wait. We ought not to wait. We won't wait. And in other words, as the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, now, now is the acceptable time for the day of salvation. Friends, I don't know what brought you here today, and I don't know what burdens you brought with you, but I do know this. 
God sees you. He sees what you struggle to carry. He sees your pain and your worry and your fear. He sees your guilt and your shame. The Lord God who created you and formed you and knit you together in your mother's womb, that God sees you, claims you, and has redeemed you. You have been set free. God's desire for you, for every single one of you, is nothing short of an abundant life, a life that is free from bondage to sin, a life that is free to love and serve others without restriction, without question, and without self-imposed limits. You've been set free, relieved of the weight of the burden you carry. May the freedom you received free you to reach out in compassion and love to those who know not what it means to be set free. Amen.